Welcome to Adoption Now, telling your adoption story, sharing real stories of the joys and challenges of adoption. Now, here's the host of Adoption Now, April Fallon. Hi, welcome to Adoption Now, telling your adoption story. I'm your host, April Fallon. So glad you're joining us either on 94.7 FM or through our podcast and iTunes. If you're a new listener, I am an adoptive mom of four. My kids are all under seven years old, so life is crazy. I am super tired, but I am passionate about adoption and helping others in their journey. Last night, my husband and I got to go see Tim Tebow speak. He talked about when you have passion, nothing can take that from you. He said, criticism can't take it. Challenges and struggles can't take it. For when God has given you a passion, you will be willing to sacrifice. And I love that. I needed to hear that. The adoption journey is not easy. It can be exhausting, expensive, and confusing. But I want to encourage you that if you're called to it, God will bring you through. This show is dedicated to bringing you stories and equipping you on your way. Today, we have my friend back on the show, Corinne. Corinne, thank you for being here. I'm happy to be here. Corinne runs United for Adoption Colorado Chapter, and she's a huge advocate for open adoption. She's an adoptive mom, and she told her full story on Adoption Now. It's a podcast in iTunes. You can find it at adoption-now.com. Her story is amazing. I mean, she has gone through so much, and she talks about how she knew that getting pregnant was going to be a struggle. She married Brandon, who himself was adopted, so they started the adoption journey. Okay, so you have adopted three babies. You have gone through five miscarriages, and you were able to have two biological children. Yes. You're a huge advocate, as I said before, for open adoption, and you just brought home twins. (laughs) Yep, I sure did. (laughs) And you're awake right now. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. You have so much energy. You're amazing. (laughs) Okay, so you adopted a baby girl. You had a baby girl. You adopted a baby boy, had a boy, and then you adopted baby Cece. And we're going to start your story there. Yeah. So, gosh, about 22 months ago, we were in Hawaii when we got a phone call. And a lot of that, or part of that story is on the last podcast so people can listen. But we, uh, we got the call. And I guess we were off the plane here in Colorado for maybe an hour before we spoke to Cece's birth mom on the phone. And like I said last time, after that phone call, she said, you know, I don't need to speak to anybody else. This is them. And four weeks later, we ended up meeting Dossie. And she was just an incredible woman. We spent Easter together and hid Easter eggs around a hotel building. And she met all of my kids. She also met um, my son's birth grandmother and my oldest daughter's birth grandparents um, as well as some of my husband's cousins and family. So she was automatically enveloped in a whole bunch of love. And, you know, four weeks after that, she had Cece. We got to be there at the hospital. And um, something unfortunate happened. We, we hired a photographer to uh, film the birth or shoot the birth. And I sent my husband out in the hall. And I said, go get her. Go get the photographer. And Dossie pushed Cece out in two pushes and he was out in the hall waiting for the photographer and I felt so terrible. But anyways, um, in that whole experience, it was really neat to see how God was working with us and bringing our families together because later we were able to find out that Dossie had a lot of trauma and a lot of tough experiences in her life. And we were essentially the most normal family that she had ever met. And through our journey with her, which I guess she's going to come on and, and speak on the show, so I yeah. don't want to give it all away. But um, with her, we realized that 
all of that foster care training that we'd had back in the day from many, many years ago before before Gavin, um, we'd be using a lot of that to deal with the trauma that was in her life mm-hmm. and not necessarily with the kids that we had. So I was grateful for the foster care training. It taught me a lot and it taught me how to love somebody coming through from a place of trouble. Wow. And yeah, so um, we had a pretty open adoption. We had her visit um, in Utah and it actually didn't go very well. Uh, She was using drugs at the time and we didn't know. And so we had to send her home two days later on a bus. And that was really, really traumatic. I I don't want to go into too much detail because she may share a lot of this stuff too. Um, and then four weeks later, we flew her up and she had promised, oh, I'm going to get checked out by the doctor. I'm going to see what's going on. And and I said, OK, we'll come up for this birth parent retreat, which is the birth parent retreat that UFA puts on. And we had her come up. And again, it was a traumatic visit. I mean, she was high coming off the plane. You know, it was really difficult. And, and we didn't know. I just thought she got sick on the plane. Mm-hmm. And and anyways, she sobered up in two days. You know, this is all in hindsight. I didn't really know that she was actually um, using anything. Um, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, there's Dossie. Here she is. Let's go have fun. And so we had lots of fun. And then we took her to up to the birth parent retreat. And I think a day in, she, again, was was using some drugs that she'd got um, over the counter, I guess, and some alcohol. And um, she ended up having a seizure um, at night in her roommate's room. It was really tough. She wow. ended ended up having to go to the hospital, get detoxed, um, and then ended up going into into a place where she was seeing if it was a mental problem down in Colorado Springs. And I'm going to let her kind of share some of that story. But for us, it was super traumatic. We were like, what the heck did we just sign up for? Because mm-hmm. your you other know? birth parents were not like this. Oh, heck no. They were just like good Christian kids who made a mistake and um, or something you know happened and so for us, we were like, holy smokes, what did we sign up for? Right. And at that point, you know, me and my husband, you know, we're like, well, how do we support her and love her in this difficult time? And we just said, you know, we have to just be there for her on the phone. And even though we can't, you know, have her in our home, she's always going to be in our hearts. Mm, I love that. And it was tough because she went through homelessness and she um, had a really tough journey. But I'm, I'm happy to say that she's in a very great place. And I can't wait for her to share her story about that right now. Um, and we just had a visit with her over Christmas and she came up and she is in a place of wholeness and healing and the beauty that God has worked in her life and through her conversion has been amazing. And, and we are so grateful we never gave up on her. And what was amazing during that time, you know, we weren't quite finalized with Cece's adoption. And I kept saying to my husband, Hey, are we done? Are we done? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. So for probably three or four months, we tossed this idea. Are we done? Are we not done? And we kept, he kept saying, I don't know. And then finally, probably weeks before CC was finalized um, in the courts, I said, are we done or are we not? And he said, well, I don't know. I, I don't think we're done. And I said, I said, if you don't know and I don't know, then we're probably not done. We need to figure this out. And so we called our caseworker up and, and he said, you're right. You know, and so we called our caseworker up and we're like, hey, we just want to do a home study update because we want to keep active just in case and just to see what's out there and what may happen. And um, she said, uh, okay, I'm going to have to come to your house the week before we finalize with CeCe's adoption. Otherwise, we, we can't do it. You'll have to start the process all over again after it's finalized. And I was like, nope, just come over here. And I, you know, our caseworker was sweet, but men just don't love it when women 
caseworkers have to pry into their business all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, girls, we can talk all day long. But right. My husband's like, please, no, no more of this, you know? Because it can be hours so. that they come to your oh, house gosh. and starting the whole process over again. You're like, no, I've already covered this. But the state often makes you do that. Absolutely. So the home study update was a much simpler way to go. We um, had the visit. We did the extra paperwork that we had to do. And we just kind of left it in the hands of God. We're like, all right, let's see what's going to happen. We finalized CC's adoption um, over the next few months. There were some situations posted at different agencies throughout the United States. And, you know, I didn't really have any like clear direction on like what we should do. Um, if it was going to be a boy or a girl or, you know, like with Cece, it was like this little brown haired, brown eyed girl. This time it was like, I have no idea what the baby or babies are. Is, I have no idea. But I had God put it on my heart that our next expectant mom would have children, not just a child, but have children. And that she would be looking for somebody like us but not necessarily with as many children as we had. And Mm -hmm. then I also felt that um, she'd be older in age, age, more of like a sister. And I just thought, wow, that's really specific, you know. But the rest was all I just had to rely on faith and go forward. And so um, over the next few months, you know, we just kind of would apply to a couple different situations. And, you know, getting the no kind of sucks. But at the same point, you realize, okay, that wasn't meant for us. And, and at this time, you have five children. Right. I have five children. I'm only applying to situations where the woman is older in age. And, and to me, that was like over 29 and that she had more than two, like two children or more. Okay. Because that's what I was going off of. I had to go off faith. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyways, um, so yeah, so we were getting ready for last year's birth parent retreat, which is uh, at the end of last July. And that was down in the Springs. And my girlfriend, Christina, I had hooked her up with Premier, and she was matched with a, a expectant mom at the time. And she Premier is an agency. Premier, yeah, Premier the agency. Okay. Um, and she said, "Yeah, you know, I matched, and I'm still on the boards, and I can see what's going on in the agency." And she said, "Did you hear about these twins?" And I was like, "Oh, oh, twins are hard because uh, my sister has twins. They're um, 11, I think now." So I said, "Just humor me and read me the bio of the expectant mom." So Christina starts to read this bio from her phone. And she's looking at it and she's reading all these things. And all of a sudden, you know, this birth mother is 36 years old. This birth mother has four children already. And all of a sudden, I just start getting chills down my entire body. Chills and chills. And literally, it was the spirit was witnessing to my heart that you need to apply for this situation. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, am I applying for twins? And I'm like, no way. This is crazy. You know, I didn't even pay attention to what, like, genders they were or anything. I was just like, okay, I'm going to call the agency. So when Christina finished up, I was like, Christina, I feel like I need to call in that situation. She looks at me and she's like, what? You're kidding me, right? You just told me that twins are not for somebody with as many kids as you. You were like, oh, my goodness, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, when I hear this story, if I didn't know you, I'd be like, you want seven kids? Yeah. I mean, I have four and I'm exhausted. Exactly. But on our last podcast, you said your husband was like, let's have 12 or 13. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right on that path. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so I called the agency and they said, you know, there's a lot of people applying for these twins. And I said, well, it's not about the twins for me. And I told her, I said, my heart and, you know, I feel like this is a God thing has led me to find this birth mom. And I said, and she fits in these parameters. I know you're going to do me a, um, if you can do me a favor and just put me at the back. Don't even put me at the front. And if it's meant to be, things will work out. She said, all right, we'll give it a shot because I don't know what she's looking for. So, Ooh, we so, have to take a break. That's good. 
It's good to end on that. It's very exciting. When we come back, we're going to talk about the twins. We're also going to talk about what open adoption is, because if you have not heard that before, and this is a term that we're using, you're probably wondering, what, what does that mean? And what does that entitle? And, and do I have to do an open adoption? We're going to take a break. Stay tuned as we talk more to Corinne. You're listening to Adoption Now. This is Denver's all-new 94.7 FM, The Word. Hi, this is Noah, April's husband. Adoption Now is a nonprofit helping families connect to adoption through storytelling. Thank you so much for your support in 2017. Do you have an adoption story you would like to share? We invite you to be a part of the Adoption Now community by telling your story on our show. Come tell us about the joy and challenges you have experienced in the adoption process. By sharing what you have learned, we can inspire others. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. And remember, all of our podcasts are available on iTunes. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. Today we're talking to Corinne. She has, in her story, five children that she has <laughs> gone through a lot with. You have three adopted, two biological. You've suffered five miscarriages that you talk openly about. I mean, you have gone through a lot, Corinne, and your heart is still open for more. You also have open adoptions with these birth mothers. I yep. mean, you bring everybody in and you're kind of on this journey right now thinking about saying yes to twins. And so we're going to pick it up there. But I just, I want to hear about open adoption. What does that mean to you? So to me, open adoption means you're open to the possibility of having more than just the child in your family and in your life. And for me, what that looks like is being able to have visits in home, whether it's my home or in the birth grandparents' home or birth parents' home, um, as well as going on vacations together. And like a good example this last year, you know, we got to see my son's birth mom in March. She came through. Um, and then we had my daughter's birth mom over, I think it was in the summertime for a little visit. And then my, let's see, Cece's birth mom came for Christmas. Um, and that was a wonderful visit. And then the twins birth mom came for Halloween with her daughter. So it was really cool. And we, I mean, we just have open arms and open hearts and we just see where God leads and we try to make sure that we're using healthy boundaries and having healthy boundaries. But at the same point, I'm not pushing anyone to do anything. If they don't want to have a visit or they don't want to come, they don't have to. And, you know, it's such an emotional thing. And people ask me, well, I don't know, that's so many relationships to balance and so many complications, you know, and what they said, complicated relationships. And I said, you know, you have friends, right? You don't treat them all the same. You don't respond to them all the same. Same with your family. It's not any harder than that, except for that you have a child together and that has bonded you guys in a way that nothing else will bond you. What would you say to somebody who, who would say, I don't want that. I don't want an open adoption. I don't want to share, or I'm scared that the mom would change her mind and try to take my baby. Well, I'm going to say that really you need to check your heart and see where you're at because oftentimes how we treat others is a reflection about how we feel about ourselves. So if we're basing our response to an unknown out of fear, we're acting out of a place of obviously fear comes from hurt. 
mm-hmm. or um, comes from lack of education. And so try to base your responses out of love, out of a place of love. And if you don't have that yet, it may be time to work on some in- introspection, you know, and mm-hmm. to find out what's keeping you from truly loving somebody else. And also, I think it's important to keep other people's opinions out. I remember that was the biggest thing for us is that open adoption is something that in Colorado, you have to be open to. The birth mother has a choice to have open adoption. And so you work on those details together. But I remember the outside people would be like, oh, don't do that. Oh, don't bring her in. And then you get scared based upon that. And so really, um, like you said, searching your heart and being open. And I have changed a lot. When I started, I was like, I just want to have a baby and just be my baby. I don't want to share. And that would be weird. And what would I say? And then you just think about it too much. And now that I've gone through the journey so many different times, my heart has changed towards birth mothers and understanding and getting educated which is what you said. Exactly true. Okay, so you're on this journey with the twins. Right. And you're going to say yes. Well, you know, the agency was like, we'll put your profile in there. And um, I said, just put it in the back. She goes, do you have a hard book? And I said, nope, I just have, you know, um, images. So I sent over my, my book pages um, in an image format. And I just said, hey, uh, you know, don't don't press for this. We, you know, we have five kids. And she's like, well, we, we'll just see. So I left it at that. A week or two goes by and I was like, oh man, I wonder what happened with that situation. And they said, well, the, you know, expect a mom hasn't come in. Her daughter got sick. And I said, well, I'll just pray for her and her daughter. And she said, that's, that would be sweet. Cause her daughter's pretty sick, you know, and, um, her daughter gets better. She comes in the office, picks up 10 books, hard books. Mine wasn't in there, obviously her and her mother, um, look at these books and they go through all of it. And they said, you know, we picked these two families, these two books stand out to us but we're just not feeling that spark. And so grandma calls out the agency and said, is there anybody else? Like, do you, there's got to be more families that want to adopt these twins, you know? And she said, well, we do have this one family. They are a big family and they've adopted through us before. You know what? Let me just send you their profile over on an email and, and you can go from there. So Grandma gets this on her phone. She's scrolling through it. She tells me that she sat there for 30 minutes just like reading and rereading things and looking at all the pictures. And she goes over to her daughter who's pregnant and also has a toddler. And she says, hey, Jessica, you need to see this profile. And she said, I'm putting Aria down. I'm taking care of my daughter. And um, so she says, let me let me have Aria here. Take my phone. Go over into the other room and just read this profile. So she goes through all the pictures and all the words and she comes back and her mom's got this smile on her face and she's like, well, and she goes, it's them. It's totally them. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I had um, sent an email out that, I don't know if it was that particular day, but this certain morning on a Wednesday, I sent an email out and I said, Hey, have you heard anything? It's been like two and a half, three weeks. And you guys said she's due pretty quick, you know? And they said, no, we haven't heard anything. And that was the email I got at noon. And then at three o'clock, the agency worker called me and she said, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, I'm doing the dishes. How are you? You know, basic mom thing. And she said, uh, I'm good. Do you have a second to sit down? I was like, no, I really don't. I got to do dishes. And she says, uh, OK, well, I'm, I want to let you know that it was a new, unanimous decision between grandma and the birth mom that you guys were the family that they picked for the twins. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? 
I mean, we're having twins. <gasps> oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and mind you, just the week before, I had told my husband, I was like, hey, we're applying for the situation. He's like, yeah, whatever. Like, that's totally not going to happen. You know what I mean? They're not going to pick us. So that night, I mean, after crying and I was like just being totally flabbergasted that we were chosen, I'm telling my husband and he's just thinking, you know, dollar signs for one, because you're like, oh, I'm going to have seven kids, you know? Right. <laughs> he's like, oh my gosh, how could we do this? And so that whole night, I mean, I think I even texted you. Yes, I was like, oh yes. my gosh, this is really stressful. Like I said, if this is a God thing, um, you know, his heart will be even more open to it. And the agency said, you know, you pretty much have a day to tell us. So that night I just prayed and I was like, Lord, if this is what you want for our family, like soften my husband's heart and help him to overcome those those fears that are really real. These are fears that every man has providing for his children, making sure that they're going to have a good upbringing, you know. And so in the morning when I rolled over in bed, I see my husband scrolling through his phone and he's looking up adoption laws and adoption tax credits and all those things that we've already been through this before, you know. Mm -hmm. And he was like looking up vans. (laughs) I'm not a van person, but we're going to have to get a full size van. Okay, you're going to have to get a sprinter. (laughs) Yes, a sprinter. (laughs) Totally. So um, he looks at it and then, you know, I was like, well, how are you feeling? He's like, you know, I feel a little more comfortable about it. And then I think at like 10 o'clock, I think he was just leading me on. Like 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning, he's like, all right, well, you know, you might want to call him and, and let him know we're in. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, because I just felt like it was right. I felt so much peace about it or I wouldn't have applied, right? Mm-hmm. So we call the caseworkers and, you know, let them know. We're like, we're totally in. You know, of course, you write a big fat check the next day and get it over to them. And um, and then a week later, we head to Las Vegas. Yes, right? that is um one of the things that I love about you is that you and I met through this show. Yeah. And... So we became friends mm-hmm. and we love each other. I mean, you and I bounce ideas mm-hmm. and, you know, situations off each other all the time. And so I got to go on this journey with you. Yes. I just remember you texting me and telling me what's going on. And I'm, I was on vacation with my family and I'm like, yep. oh my gosh, here are the twins or what's happening here? I know. And Is at one point okay? you're like, let me come with you. I can be there. And I'm I like, girl, whatever. I know. I wanted to be there. I mean, when my kids get older, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hop in a plane and just, just go be help there people. because if I can't bring babies home, because I'm getting tired because yeah. I think four is our limit. <laughs> but I want to I want to be a part of this amazing thing because and let me just tell you, if you're on the journey, something amazing happens in the room. And I remember being told that by our social worker. She said there is a Holy Spirit moment. Absolutely. And you you won't know it until you experience it, but it's going to be there. And I remember thinking, what does that what does that mean? And I'm kind of addicted to it. Dude, my husband is, you know, he that's exactly a good thing. Um, because when we were at the hospital, well, first we didn't meet, um, Jessica until the night before she, and she was being checked into the hospital like on uh, Friday night. And then she was having the baby Saturday morning. And after he met her, it was like, okay, this is going to be all right. It's going to mm-hmm. be okay. Because my husband's kind of like the guy, like, I'm not going to count my chickens until they hatch. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And so after we met, he was like, man, she's really cool and she's beautiful and this is awesome. And you know, and the next morning we get there and she hadn't decided if she wanted us um, in the room or whatever. And we said, hey, you know, you're you can totally choose whatever you want. We'll be respectful of that. And so we get to the hospital next morning after grandma calls us and she's like, hey, now. And then a guy comes in and brings us these blue scrubs. and He's like, OK, put these on, you know, and we're like, wait, what? what? And she's like, yeah, I figured if we're going to be family forever anyways, might as well be here for the baby's birth. So, so you got to see them being born. Yes. Oh so my we gosh. went into the OR with scrubs on and a thousand other people in there because, you know, like, you know, twins and then OR policy and people, you know, um, typing up the what's happening in there. And mm-hmm. and anyway, so that was the weird experience because, you know, normally you're just waiting for that one baby to be born and you're just all gushy and in love and the baby's here. But with this experience, we were in there and there's a thousand people in there. OK, there's probably like 15, which is still a lot. And 
you know, it is a lot. Yeah. You see this little tiny baby be born and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And then at the second point, you're like, wait, there's another one. Hold on. Like we're excited about this baby and we're like, you know, cleaning them up. Little Drake was born first. Mm. And 21 minutes later, Dahlia was born and she was actually bigger than her brother. And um, it was amazing. Jessica was a super trooper. She was very, you know, determined. And she's like, I'm going to have these babies out before lunch, you know, <laughs> and it's going to be fast. And she was great, you know, and, and grandma, um, she goes by cricket. And so grandma cricket was there and she was a super loving and enveloping. And, you know, she said some of the reasons they chose us were one, because we're Christian and two, because our noses. So that what? was kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. She said, we looked at the couple's noses because we wanted the babies that we knew they were going to have cute noses. And we wanted to make sure that they had family that had the same similar noses and that we had a daughter named Aria and she had a daughter named Aria and all these other similarities with some of the experiences of the past with being in um, real estate and in lending and stuff like that. And she just said it felt right, you know. And so, so yeah, the babies were born. Everything went really smoothly. We had a wonderful time. We stayed there for about another week and a half and we had multiple visits with Jessica and with Jessica's older children. And just, and you learned her story yeah, and got yeah. to know her and her whole family. I think that's amazing. Yeah. How much did they weigh? Uh, Drake was 5'8 and Dahlia was 6'4". <gasps> they were big. They're I huge. remember when you texted me, I was thinking they'd be like three pounds. Me too. You know, especially because you don't know if a birth mother's being taken care of. You really didn't know, you know, was she going to the doctor or what was happening yeah. with her? And yeah. they were really healthy. They're so cute. When you brought them over, my kids were like, we need more babies. <laughs> I know. Love this baby. Can we keep the boy? That's what my son said. Can we just keep this boy? <gasps> he wants a brother. Um, I don't think we can separate them. Good. But thank you so much for coming on the show. One of the things that I want to talk about really quick before we end is you do this amazing service for families. And I think it's amazing because even though I have been through the adoption journey so many times, I would hire you to help me with my book. So many people say, what's a profile book? What do I write in there? What do I do? What program do I use? And you are doing that for families. Yeah. I started a little company called Pride and Joy Adoption Profile Services. And I am, I'm trying to help these families get their profile books to look amazing and to be looked at because most, most expectant moms will shut the book after page two if they're not enticed and if they're not really presenting themselves well. So, um, yeah, I'm just trying to help families be as successful as we have been in the adoption journey. So, And because you dedicate your life to birth parents, I mean, mm -hmm. all over, not only the ones that, you know, you have their children, right. you do these um, weekend getaways for birth mm -hmm. parents. You are into their healing and you are a support to so, so many. And so you know what they're looking for. You Absolutely. know, you know what you've they're my put friends. in that book. Yes. They're my friends. These women and men are my friends. And I... Just want to help other people to understand that, you know, when you're writing this book, you're writing it to another human, not just somebody making a baby. I think it's amazing that you can also help more than just the book. I know that you are a huge advocate. You're a huge counselor to so many people. So thank you so much for being you're on welcome. the show. Thanks for having me. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and check out all of our podcasts on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in to Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. See you next week. <laughs>